Hey, everybody. Okay, this is a bonus episode. This is extra. If 15 minutes of Parsha a week is not enough for you, if you're jonesing for more Parsha, then you, you may know that I teach a weekly Parsha class here at ICAR in Los Angeles every Thursday at noon uh, Pacific time. You're welcome. Um, we've got folks joining us virtually from places as far away as Japan on, on Zoom. And uh, we've been archiving video edits of the classes on YouTube, but we thought we might try cutting down the one-hour class to about 40 minutes for you, for the listeners of the Best Book Ever podcasts that might not be able to fit a midday class on a Thursday into your schedule. So I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy teaching them. Um, if you're interested to attend the class from wherever you are in the world in person, then stick around at the end of the podcast. I'll tell you how to register. Um, just like the podcast, it's absolutely free, and we'd love to have you. Hey, everybody. Now that's the mood that I'm in. It's a rainy day in Los Angeles. And we're, you know, we're very, <laughs> we get a lot of good weather out here. So we're very sensitive. This is a desert. And so we feel the, the fluctuations in moisture. Is that, that, how about that? That was a nobler, not we're very sensitive, but we're keenly sensitive to changes in weather. So it's a, it's a, it's a rainy day out here, the first rainy day um, in a while. And it feels like a little hazy and, um, and not exactly gloomy, but slow. And I'm in a kind of a um, meditative mood, I, I think. And, and, and um, so we're going to do a little bit of a, a kind of a meditative class today to sort of reflect a little bit on one image in particular. Is Ari uh, here? Ari Ratner, are you here? No. I am here. Ah, excellent. Um, uh, Ari um, very generously um, sponsored this um, this class today um, in memory of of Yosef in his life He'll, that I'll, I'll let him um, tell you about. But would you say a few words about um, about Yosef Schwartz? Uh, sure. Um, so yeah, this is my uh, my grandfather was Joseph. Um, uh, I could say a lot about him, but when I think of the Joseph story, in a lot of respects, I think of a dreamer. Um, and my grandfather was in many ways a dreamer. He was born quite literally, he was born in uh, 1919 in Romania. And in 1939, uh, he looked at the situation in Europe and he was alarmed by it and he decided to flee. So he went, uh, he actually had to escape Romania three times before he was allowed into Palestine. And then we talked about clothing last week and I, I recalled, uh, I don't know if it's actually true or if it's just something my grandmother would say, but I guess when he first met my grandmother, who was also from Romania, who spent most of the war in Romania, he was so poor, he only had one pair of pants. So he used to, she always used to call him uh, Joseph with one pants. Yeah, he died uh, 20 years ago last month, and um, he's still obviously a, a memory for me and my family. And um, yeah, I was obviously named after the story. So I was, um, well, I, I love this class, so I was happy to sponsor it. And then uh, as you were reading this, just thought of him. Yeah, Zichrono Levracha. May his memory be a blessing to you and um, and to all of us, um, and and it, and it will be because the life that you just described is one that's going to feel, I think, very relevant to 
um, to the lives that we're going to be looking at today, lives that were on the run, fleeing from things, escaping from things, um, being in perilous situations. I hear about those stories of, you know, my ancestors too, just two generations back. And it's like, oh, as soon as I hear the story, it's like, my life is so easy. It's crazy how easy my life is um, in certain ways, right? So, um, so anyway, yeah, lives on the run. We're, we're going to be looking at at a life on the run uh, today, and we're doing it um, for the elevation of the soul of, of Yosef Schwartz, Ari's grandfather. Okay, um, let's say a blessing and uh, bring, um, um, bring some holiness into this space. Already brought some holiness into this space with, with memories, but let's sanctify our learning. Thanking God for giving us this, this space. Um, okay, so here's the, here's the image that I want to kind of meditate on today, to play with, to turn around, to, to just think about. Uh, it's such a powerful image, um, but I, there, isn't a lot of, there isn't a lot of explanation um, for it. So let's just go right in. I, I, we're gonna dive into this week's Parsha which is Parshat Ve'igash, we are in the Joseph narrative. And where we are is that Joseph has re it, 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 it re is revealing um, himself to his brothers finally. They're being confronted by Judah. That's how the, the Parsha ends. And then suddenly, um, once again in Joseph's life, this happens a lot, things start happening very, very quickly. And there's a big family um, reunion. And um, of course, the, Joseph says, Ani Yosef, I'm, I'm, um, I'm Joseph. The next thing he says, Ha'odavichai, is my father still alive? So it's like he's, his, his mind has been fixated on that for two decades, you know? So, um, so, so that's the great um, movement that then Joseph begins, is getting his father to come to Egypt where there, where there is, is fertile land and, and, and not in anywhere else in the region. So they're all coming down. And that's where we're at in the story. And um, then the Torah does something that the Torah often does in moments of great migration, which is that it, it does a, a list, a kind of a census. Whereas early in Genesis, this family is too small to call it a census. It will become a census. But this is exactly what happens when there's great, there are great moments of not just travel, but massive migration, like the le leaving Egypt, right? traveling through the desert. So here is a, uh, a source sheet. And um, the, 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 um, the list is there and they give totals. Just like in a census, they give totals in the list. Here comes Jacob and all his family coming down to Egypt. This is everybody who came. And famously, there are 70 named people who came. Um, the family of, you know, the, of the future tribes. And here um, is part of that list and we're going to go into our we're, we're, what we want to get to pretty quickly is Rashi it's Rashi we're going to be dancing with today but to to get to Rashi we have to go through the text and we're going to look at a, at a at part of the list and there's something in the list there's an ad there's a there's a calculus in the list and the rabbis are watching it and just just, just know that the rabbis don't miss a thing. They don't miss a thing. And that's how we'll, how we'll start. So the list is um, being tallied up. And part of the list is that those were the sons whom lay aboard to Jacob 
in addition to his daughter Dina. Um, let me let's just click in so that we can actually. That's one of the great things about Safaria, by the way, is that you if you hit the title um, of any source, it'll click you a new window over to that source. So you can see the listing here. They're coming down to Egypt. They're coming down to Egypt here. I'll just start with the first verse. Israel set out with all that was his, and he came to Beersheba, and he's, he's on his way. He has a vision of God. But this is the tally. These are the names of the, the Elish Shmot. And actually, the book of Exodus begins this way. The book of Exodus in Hebrew is called Shmot, the names. So this is an echo here. These are the names of the children of Israel. I always kind of starting with an accounting, and mostly it's patriarchal, the counting. Um, though there are exceptions, and we'll actually notice some of those exceptions today. Um, but here are Reuben and Reuben's sons, um, Shimon and Shimon's sons, Levi and Levi's sons of the tribes, the patriarchal tribes. And these, and this is the verse we were at, and um, Jacob's daughter, uh, Dina, is mentioned here. Okay, so there are more, there are, there are um, war tallies that don't even mention women, but ours our tally will be patriarchal, but have women mentioned, um, and, and, and that will be significant for us. Okay, altogether so far, 33. They counted all these names. Altogether so far, 33, and they're going to keep going till they get to 70. But what's, what do you think the problem is going to be? The problem is, well, if you count them up, just count them up. I mean, I'm not going to do that with you right now. We'll just trust Rashi. But... If you go back and you count them up, Uvapratan, Rashi says, you only find 32 names. You only find 32 names. And that's going to be a problem because in the end, this 33 plus uh, another, uh, uh, another 37, and you're going to have 70. But there's one missing. Okay, this is the image that we're going to be looking at today. Okay, this is our this is our great focus today. This image, and we're going to kind of turn it over and turn it over, but it kind of comes out of nowhere, and it is so striking. I, 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 I've thought about it a lot. But the extra one, who was the extra one? There's some. They only mentioned thirty-two, but there's there's one extra. Say the rabbis. The rabbis caught there's that there's some discrepancy here, uh, and I should stop. Let me just stop and say. If you count Jacob too, there's no discrepancy. So there's a simple the, the 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 there's a simple way of resolving this. The it's not like whoa, whatever happened. There are ways of of, of adding up the list differently. But it sounds like in this verse, what they're talking about is the is the children of J of Jacob, and so uh, so who's this extra one? And this is the image that we're going to um, be looking at today. But the extra one is Yocheved. The extra one is Yocheved. Here's her name in Hebrew, Yocheved, Yocheved, which I was just talking about this with Hadar Cohen recently, um, and she pointed out, and it's true, I never thought about it. Yocheved, let's take account of names, is a name that means, um, name that means um, the weight of God, the weight of God, Yocheved. The extra one, we'll talk more about it in a second. So the extra one is Yocheved, who was born between the walls. Shenolda benachomot just as they entered the city. As it is said in Numbers 2659, Yocheved, the daughter of Levi or Levi, whom her mother bore to Levi in Egypt. Now, 
She was born in Egypt, but she was not conceived in Egypt. Okay, this is a lot of fancy rabbinic footwork here. So let's just go slowly. I told you there are other ways in the text of, of resolving the where is the 32, uh, where is the 33rd person. But the rabbis are saying that th there are 30, there are 32 listed, but the extra one is in process, is in development, because um, Yocheved was in her mother's womb as they traveled to Egypt from the land of Canaan, Canaan. And, uh, and, 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 and then they, their proof text looks like it's going to be an anti-proof text. Okay, this is the most confusing thing about the move, so just pay careful attention. The proof text is that in Numbers 2659, it says Yocheved, the daughter of Levi, whom her mother bore to Levi in Egypt. It says that she was born in Egypt, but that's, that should be obvious. So why does it say that she was born in Egypt? To emphasize that she was just born in Egypt. She just, she was born in Egypt, just so you know, she happened to be born in Egypt because she was conceived earlier. She was conceived in the land of Canaan. And where was she born? Between the walls. Between the walls. Now, I want to, I want to stop here, but I actually, I feel like I want to do one more thing, which is just to like, to, I want to, I want to just think about like that image, be born and being born between the walls. So now in ancient times, um, biblical times, uh, cities were surrounded by walls, famously. We, we, we know of that. Purim talks about the walled cities. And th 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 that's like a feature of, of the ancient world is walled cities. And actually, um, there's a, a, a classic feature of the ancient world is that there was the, the cities were surrounded by double walls. And you'll see that in the books of Kings and Samuels, they refer all the time to the walls of the city. And, and you, like, you can imagine the image in your mind of walking kind of around a, a building, but, but in the outer corridor where there's kind of a hallway of walls, but double walls so that you, so that you, there's a double, you can't just break the wall and get into the city. It's like, in order to break the wall, you'd have to break the wall and there's a wall right behind it. So it's harder to break the first wall. It's a feature of defense in the ancient world, but it's also becomes the crossing station. So often there's a gate that you come into and check and, and you clear, there's, a, there's someone there at the gate. You know, you, uh, there's a tower at the gate. And, 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 and if you've walked into the old city in Jerusalem, you have a feeling for that first entry into, um, into a kind of um, prosdor, what's the word? A kind of like um, um, a, a, a welcoming area where you've entered in and then you go further into the walls of the city. Okay, that's all just, I, I, I just speak that out because the idea here is that Yocheved was born as they were coming into Egypt in the space that was technically Egypt, but not yet in Egypt. Okay, okay. So that was a lot of unpacking, but now let's talk about that a little bit because Yocheved, of course, 
Who is Yocheved? I haven't even said it yet. Yocheved is the mother of Miriam and Aaron Miriam. and Moses. Right? Yocheved is, is <laughs> very important. Yocheved is not a random person. She's not immediately named. We actually don't even get her name till the book of Numbers, that verse that they cited. At first, she's just called the daughter of Levi that gave birth to Moses, because Moses is the big deal. But Yocheved is the mother of Moses, and it's pointed out later in the Torah. Okay, so I want to I wanna like play with this image with you um, for, for, for a while, because, well, let me just, the, the crazy thing about this image, you know, let's just stop there. I've been talking for too long. Tell me what you think. Uh, I, I would like um, to, to just to, to, for us to just wonder about what it, what the I think we get. There's work to be done here, but I, this is a smart group, and I think we can do uh, some of this work already at the outset, just by reflecting on the image of being born between the walls, and what what is the significance of that space? Let's just think about the space first, of being between the walls, entering into a city, but not in a city. Right, like this isn't a, this isn't a it's, a, it's a real space in their world, but it's an imagined space in the text. And it's just in that um, liminal space that we imagine the mother of Moses to be born. Okay, let's just think about that for a second. Let's start um, first with Noah Pollock. All right, Moses's mother's birth. I think you'd think there'd be so much fanfare for the mother of Moses being born, but in this genealogy section, it's not, it's Ed's daughter of Levi, not really mentioned, but I think just that doorway space that in between the walls going through, I think that's, I'm keen in on that because that liminal space I'm seeing as more, a more significant, more significance because I'm seeing it as the one that's being born that's both he, uh, full Hebrew and Egyptian. But Moses, he grew as we know, is born and raised in Egypt, and then we know his story. But I'm seeing Yochavit, daughter of Levi, as the one that's sort of there, right? Uh, number thirty-three log. We have log. Right, right. Okay. Let me let me stop you there because I think you I think there's two already kind of like explosively important things that you've said. So let's just before we go any further, take uh, those into account. Uh, one is uh, this is a way Noah clarifies for us that the rabbis are saying. Are you going to mention the the the, the mother of, of Moses? Like you ought to mention her because like, you're going to give us a list. Of, like it may be that not all of the women were mentioned in this in this account. Sometimes they're singled out, but uh, the rabbis are like remind us that we have to do a genealogy of women because once we get to Exodus, women become the most important players for the first couple of chapters. So the descent into Egypt is a descent that you know eventually ends in slavery and the redemption from that starts with a story of 
Miriam standing by the water and Pharaoh's daughter rescuing Moses and Yocheved putting Moses into a basket. And it's a, like, so we have to, where, where did all those people come from? This, 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 this genealogy is, you know, in a, like in some ways in a more patriarchal universe. And, and, and we're trying to extract Yocheved from that. But the other thing that you started to do for us is to reflect on the way that this is a space that is, that is both. Mm. That Yocheved is born in a, in a space of both. And that's important because she's, she's, the, she's the mother of Moses and Moses too will be a both. Right. The Egyptian and, um, and will be um, Jewish, will be, um, or I, I'm saying Jewish is the wrong word. Right? Um, well, the Israelite is the, is the wrong word, but like part of this covenant, because not even they're not even the Israelites yet. They part of this covenant, and um, and yet they will for the imagine. And this is so. This is such a a. I say Jewish because this is such a Jewish story, and yet it's our oldest story. So of course it is, but we don't often think of it that, that way. That we became a nation in a foreign land, in the Torah, the mo most of the activity in the Torah takes place outside of the land. And there's something about that experience that's, it's part of who we are. And yet we are not part of e Egypt. We are not part of that. We have our land. We are a separate nation. There is, there's a tension there. And it's a tension that the first person to really feel that tension is Joseph, right? And the, Second person that we think of as feeling that tension is Moses, but the but there's a lot of moves going on here, and, and to remind us that wait a minute, maybe Moses was born from that energy, from that liminal space. Moses, because because maybe Moses' mother was born from that space, because maybe there's a kind of like chain of energy that you know, like now I'm beginning to rip, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll stop there. But I just think. You know, you just begin to crack this image open, and all of a sudden, you're talking about everything, everything, everything in the in the in the in these um, stories of Genesis and Exodus. Okay, so let's let's take a couple more um, thoughts on this, and then we'll then we'll dive more into the, the the rabbit hole of Rashi's commentary. So, so there's, and that's that will be like they have to go into that narrow space, that narrow space. And, and if it wasn't explicit enough, Mitzrayim, Egypt, means the narrow spaces. That's what it means. So it's all the, the, the symbol, the landscape, the, the act of birthing, um, and the experience of, of shifting identity. It's all being compressed into this, into this glowing image. I mean, this incredible image. And let me, I'm going to turn back to the crowd. This isn't, this isn't taking us in a different direction, but I do have to show you um, something just remarkable here, which is not only that this image caught my eye, but Rashi chooses this image. He had other options. We'll see that eventually. But not only does he choose this image, but this Rashi does something unusual here. This is not, now Rashi is, is the most famous of our commentators, 12th century, uh, maybe even 11th century uh, medieval French commentator. Um, he's the one who, he cites this, uh, this um, this image, um, or he brings in this image to explain the missing uh, the missing figure in the thirty three. But he's citing he's uh, he's importing an image that appears throughout rabbinic literature, meaning midrash and Talmud. Probably the 
Um, the classic sources in, um, in the Talmud in Masechet Sota, um, and uh, that's because Masechet Sota has a lot of um, a midrash on Egypt and Miriam's role in Egypt and then Yocheved's role in Egypt. So this is where this image comes from, but it's, it's found in many, many places. And um, fair enough, Rashi brings it in here, but this is really unusual. Let me just show you something. And, you know, e either it will be a, just a, a couple of minutes of your time, or if you have some, some feeling for, uh, if you've seen Rashi do his thing before, you'll know how unusual this is. Okay, so this was Genesis, Genesis chapter 46, verse 15. We got the 33. Rashi gave us the extra one, and that's Yocheved. Then later, it says every person who came with Jacob to Egypt, all of those who came to Egypt, um, total 70 people. 70 people. Okay, so uh, he repeats himself. Because when they came there, they were 70. There's a little bit of a a difference that he's suggesting between those who first came and then those who actually arrived came, the two, the sort of the, what is it, past and perfect, and I don't know what the grammar stuff is, the two uses of the word came, but the point is, um, there's two comings, there are the people who came, they left, and then there's the people who actually arrived, now, now you're getting a deeper feeling for the, the Midrash, how it's being used, but Rashi mentions again, because when they came there, they were 70, for they found Joseph and his two sons there. Now, right, like they're, they're 70 people. They, 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 they haven't arrived to 70. Now they're only at 66. And so Joseph and his two sons are already there. That'll be the 70. And Yocheved, Yocheved was added to their number between the walls. All right, there's that image again. Okay, Rashi sort of repeats himself. He brings this new, he's continuing to take account of this of these numbers but he can, but it's very unusual for rashi to mention the image of yocheved twice he already did that why did he have to add that but okay maybe you could say well there's these are two different moments in the text these are two different um he's 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 reminding you of what he said earlier he's adding all of the still trying to get to 70 but then if we go to exodus and we actually meet yocheved who is not yet named as Yocheved, as I told you earlier, um, a man of the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. Rashi there says, why is she called a daughter? Because she became physically young again, because really she was then 130 years old, for she was born between the walls when they were about to enter Egypt. And the Israelites remained there for 210 years. And when they left Egypt, Moses was 80 years old. And so he's doing all the addition because he's committed to this idea that Yocheved was born as soon as they came into, into uh, Egypt, and that makes her pretty old to have a child, but he's committed. So he mentions it again. And one more time, in the, you'll remember the, the verse in Numbers that actually names Yocheved is the source. The name of Amram's wife was Yocheved, daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt. And again, she was born in G Egypt, but not conceived in Egypt when they came into the wall she gave birth to Yocheved, who made up the number of 70. That's very unusual. And I don't know if I'm just satisfying myself showing you that, but to me, as a student of this literature, it's kind of mind-blowing. Rashi seems obsessed. It's very, very unlike him. He is laconic, if anything. He saves his words. His commentaries are often one word, two words. 
for him to repeat this and repeat this and repeat this and repeat this, it's very, it's, it's, it's striking. It's unlike Rashi. And it shows us that this image was with him. It was with him. He saw it as def definitional. In the, we're already starting to scratch the surface of how definitional it could be. But look at our commentator just inserting this image every chance he gets. There's something going on here, okay? So let's continue to unpack this image. I'm gonna to turn uh, to uh, other folks who haven't yet had a chance. Um, Wendy Becker. Um, I, I love these images. What came to me when I step back and look at this is that when you are between, you are not in one place. You are going from one place to another. And this is, movement. This is a journey. And it reminds me of the notion that we have a mezuzah in a doorway. We are asked as we go from one room to another to pause and see where we are and where, and then to be where we're going. And I think this is having Yochevet, it touch, hits me that Rashi is saying this to remind us, this is where we came from. This is where our soul is, is born. I, can, can I just, that is such a, a brilliant connection that another kind of explosively opening connection that has to be made here. Wendy's reminding us that the symbol of Egypt, of leaving Egypt, becomes the sign on the doorway, the sign on the door, on the, the, and, then, and then we put up a mezuzah with, with this story to make the doorway a place of memory. The crossing over, the threshold for us is a holy space. Because in the threshold, uh, all, all possibility exists. On the other side is the desert. It's not always great, but at the threshold, anything can happen. And anything. that threshold is always there. I think we're reminded, and maybe that's why Rashi also mentions it so many times, that even when we don't think it's there, it is. How fundamental, we've, I've been asking this question in different ways, but <clears throat> asking it again now in this way, how fundamental is the transitional liminal in betweenness to our identity as inheritors of this story? Does it, does it begin to shape who we are and the way we think about the world? Thinking about the world in neither here nor there. That's a, that's a, that's a it's just an, it's an incredible formulation. It really dizzies the mind. All right, let's, uh, let's take a couple more interpretations or reflections on this image. And then I wanna offer us a few other images before we close today from Ariella. My thought was, whoops. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, it was um, quite first. My thought was, um, she was the mother of Moses, who was also an in-between. Moses got put into the river, neither here nor there. And eventually, even when he was in charge of the Jews, over the Jew, he still was a Jew, mastering over the Jews, again, that space of in-between. Okay, okay, great. So, so that, this, is, this is really helpful, Ariella. Like, let's think about a little bit more about this. We've been mostly fixated on the space, but let's think a little bit more about Yocheved, right? The emphasis is on Yocheved. This is the woman that we should be remembering. This is the woman that Rashi's always thinking about. You know, and it's not Moses. Right? Moses is prominent enough, but the, here in these, like this moment, this sort of 
this image, this idea that you can keep returning back to. It's always Yocheved, the mother of Moses, and frankly of Moses, Miriam, and Aaron, right? The mother of the prophets. Who is the mother of the prophets? Why was she the mother of the prophets? She's not the one you would have expected. Why is Levi, you know, Levi becomes a big thing. The priesthood comes from Levi. That's just because of Aaron and Moses. This woman in the, out of nowhere gives birth to the leaders of the next generation. That hasn't been how it's worked so far. It's like Jacob favored Joseph, right? And Jacob was favored by Rebecca. And, you know, Rebecca was chosen by Abraham. I mean, this is how it's worked. And all of a sudden this random woman who isn't even named at first, right? Isn't even named. A daughter of Levi that gave birth. And then this, look at this, this is the big, this is kind of the big moment of, of the story of Exodus is not the first chapter, the enslavement, but the second chapter. A man of the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. And look, it's the same language that the Abraham story begins with. Vayelech. Vayelech ish mi beit Levi bat Levi. Vatahari isha ben. And the woman conceived and bore a son. Vatera oto kitovhu. And she saw him that he was good. Now. And, 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 and then she hid him for three months because they're killing babies then. But now that phrase is one of the most incredibly beautiful phrases in the entire Torah. She saw him that he was good. And many translations turn as she saw that he was beautiful. She saw that he was perfect because it's, it's weird. She saw him that he was good. What did she see that made him good? How, it's a good kid. But of course... That's the language from the first moment of creation. And God saw, God saw the light. And he saw that it was good. So this moment, Yocheved gives birth to a whole new creation, a whole new possibility, a whole new story a whole new lineage, a whole new redemption. Okay, that's, that's, and she somehow comes out of nowhere to do that. So what, what's up with Yocheved? All right, so with that in mind, I, I want to just say, I want to make, I, 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 did, I did one kind of, just for the sake of the, of the literature itself, the beauty of the literature itself, I took you through the, the various Rashis and to understand the various Rashis. I want to take you through one more thing that it just makes Rashi's obsession all the more striking, which is that there are other options. And they're also, I'm taking you through them also because they're interesting, I think, for us to reflect on also. So there are many Midrashim that contain this Yocheved image. And frankly, um, it's, it's a very prominent, it's, it appears in, oh, I, I counted up to seven Midrashim that have it. But one of them gives us other options. So Bereshit Rabbah, the first uh, uh, of the... Um, the first of the Midrashim and the Midrash Rabbah to mention it, says uh, uh, that Rabbi Levi said in the name of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman that this was Yocheved who was conceived in Canaan but born in Egypt between the wall gates of Egypt. It's a different word here actually, Payale, and the words that Rashi uses actually are taken directly from the Talmud. So interesting, it's like stories being told but phrased in different ways. But here, is the other answer I told you that, that, that would be easier to use. Some say Jacob completed the count. 
Well, sure, that's probably what it means. But some say that the Holy Blessed One completed the count. Now, wow, that's a nice one. That, give me that, Rashi. God Almighty completed the count? I mean, that's awesome. I just heard, I, I was like, when, as I was researching this, I, I heard a very, uh, like, a very, like, yeshivish guy, a very from guy giving, a, a, like, a talk on this. And I listened for a few minutes. And he said it so beautifully. He was like, when we're all together, God is with us. They, God was in the count because they were all together. God is with us, right? So God, what a great image. That's unbelievable. And there are other options, little oddities in the counting that, 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 that um, suggest maybe it was Hushim Ben Dan, maybe there, it was Sarach Bat Asher. If you, if you are familiar with rabbinic literature, you know there's tons of legends about these two figures because of the odd way that they appear in the count. We won't consider too much of it now, but just look at the options here. Serach Bat Asher, Hushim Ben Dan, kind of other random figures. Jacob, right, the most logical answer. And then God Almighty. But Rashi keeps going back to Yocheved. Back and back and back and back to Yocheved. Now, part of that is that, as I said, it, maybe it's just the most prominent story. Maybe it's the one that appears the most. Maybe he's just, you know, seems like this is what the rabbis really want to say. Maybe he thinks it's beautiful. I don't know why. But just know that Rashi had other options, that he could have said that God completed the count, and he didn't. And he could have said Jacob completed the count, and then it would have made sense, and he did. He instead fixated on Yocheved, the mother of Moses. So again, I present to you a, a, truly, a, a man truly consumed with this image right, for your reflection. Let's take uh, one last thought from Julia. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about how in so many ways the way that, and I think this is something we've talked about before, that people or fathers or mothers have chosen their favorite is because like, oh, it's it's the one they love the most, or it's because it's the firstborn. And, but there's this question of, does that even matter? Because within our tradition, we always seem to subvert that. And when it comes to Yocheved, it says, batereoto uh, kitov, which is, very godlike language because that's exactly what god does during creation because god saw that it was good or and it was good and i think that it i mean when it speaks to her name if she's supposed to be like the weight of god um and i think it, it speaks to this um like we're at the end of genesis and we're about to like turn the narrative into this more peoplehood narrative in exodus and there's this sense that like we're no longer using that old model. We're, we're turning to this new model of like, because Moses is good, there's something about Moses that that's going to bring on this new line of people. Great. Okay, great. With that, with that, that's a, that's a perfect, um, uh, that's a perfect, that, that framing is a, is a perfect transition to, to the last text that I want to show you, because what Julia's starting to do is to imagine that this has great symbolic potential that this that, that what Yocheved represents is kind of like um deliverance itself hope itself um that 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 Yocheved is 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 the, the 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 seeds of possibility and they're there even as they're entering into the darkness right they're heading into 
what will be the land of bondage. But as they're heading in, as they just poke through the membrane of the city, suddenly the hope for the future is born. And she's there. And she's there with them when they come in. And they have her. They have her. And she will be the hope of the future, right? So that's like the rabbi's trying to give all that kind of, it almost sounds like a Star Wars opening. Like, you know, she is the one, right? And then she will give birth to Moses. He will be the one, right? And then it keeps going, right? There's like, a, there's some kind of seed of redemption. And birth is connected to this, right? It, it's part, but that's part of the idea is that, the, it, that we were tracking the way that birth itself is hope. So with that, I just want to show you um, just what I like. We have done all, all, all this time some, some beautiful reflection on this image of, of being born, um, born between the walls. I just want to share another, another uh, beautiful thinker. This is a, um, uh, a Hasidic thinker, the Bear Mayim Chaim, or Chaim Chernovitz. And, um, and here's what he, here's just his description, like more Hasidic description. I said Florine sometimes gives Hasidic descriptions. Um, this is his description of this image. It seems that the reason to me, it seems to me that the reason that the Holy One caused Yocheved to be born between the walls so that her birth would be in Egypt rather than being born in the Holy Land of Canaan is that the Holy Blessed One creates the healing before the affliction. That's like a very, it, that image appears a lot in rabbinic literature is a very powerful concept. Right? And you can see a kind of a, 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 a desire to have faith in that, that principle that God creates the, the cure before, before, before God creates the disease. Would that that were true, right, in the disease that we were, we were in, in now, right? Like God creates, and, and Yocheved was the cure, right? Yeah. That's why she had to be born before they came into the cities of Egypt, for she was the beginning of the redemption. The redemption began before, before the suffering. It was there. The seeds of it were there already. For she would give birth to the child who would save Israel. <laughs> it's like very, uh, you know, it's a very emotional image. Um, I just have to say one last thing as we close. Um, Rashi, uh, <laughs> Rashi, who was, who was clearly obsessed with this image, keeps coming back to it, keeps coming back to it. Rashi is, uh, you know, maybe the most famous of the medieval sages. He famously gave birth to four daughters and no sons. And his grandsons are known as the Tosafists because they all married very well. They were Rashi's children and they, um, but Rashi also like the, the, is known to have been, uh, to educated his daughters and to have been even, even um, it, there are accounts of them wearing tefillin, like putting on pr Jewish prayer rituals, which are usually set aside for men. It's like, there's a whole series you can read, Rashi's Daughters, right? So, and you know, how, 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 how true to life these stories are, it's, it's, it's not 100% agreed upon, but, but it is known that they were these important women that Rashi treated as important women in an age that I don't, you don't associate with treating women with great importance, you know? Um, but uh, I guess I just wanted to end by saying that, um, Rashi's, the, the name of, of Rashi's first daughter was Yocheved. So <laughs> I, I don't know whether he named her that thinking of these stories 
or he had his daughter. And so he kept noticing these Yocheved stories. And it, and it was, it, maybe, maybe this was a tribute to her, but I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So I'll just end there. Okay, that's it. A taste of our weekly Parsha class. Uh, I want to thank everyone who came to the class, some of whose voices you may have heard today, uh, some you didn't because the podcast has been edited. So just want to thank everybody. Um, and speaking of editing, I want to thank also our uh, editor, Vera Blossom, for her great work. If you'd like to join our class sometime and come and, and join our, our circle of, of Torah geeks, you can find us uh, again, Thursdays, 12 p.m. online at ikar.org. That's I-K-A-R.org. And uh, and if you go to the calendar, uh, then you can find a Zoom link and just click in. And um, and in the section uh, on the website uh, that that uh, we keep our classes, you can if you click on Parsha Study, you'll find all of our archive classes and source sheets and everything we discussed there. So if you're looking for a regular Parsha class, I'd love to see you. Um, and, uh, and in the meantime, I will talk to you next week. Bye.